Uh, we're, we're live. Oh, we're live. Uh, episode six. Episode six. Episode six. Blimey. Well, it's all coming off on episode six. So, um, so we've had another week live, uh, another week in lockdown, uh, and another week, in, and this time Ross is wearing gloves and uh, and scarf because it's so cold. We've had the snow. We've had the snow. What does James Bond wear? Wear, wear gloves. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. No. That's actually on season one. Season one. Okay. We lost our two listeners. <laughs> When you made that joke. Right, okay, need to ignore that then. Okay, so what have you done this week, Ross? Um, I haven't done anything different in terms of using different um, technologies or apps or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually worked with a, a pupil creating a kind of a pupil self-help video. So okay. as teachers, we don't always see the same thing that the pupil sees on their end. Okay. So I got a pupil to log on and onto their side and kind of the, the, create a demo video showing how to do how to use Google Classroom and how to access different things. Right, okay. So that, that's been my, my week's project. So, so for the pupils as well, they'll get to for, see? For the pupils, by the pupils. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the pupil put a bit of background music in, so we're just waiting to work out whether it breaks copyright law before we can use it. Oh, so. blimey. Let's keep that one to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> At least we can go public on it. Um, what about yourself? So um, we've, we've had parents' evenings, um, uh, and we had, a, obviously, a, a parents' evening that was virtual, which I know is is now almost becoming common practice, but um, I've certainly found it really kind of uh, a lot more streamlined and a lot more efficient. Um, it's tight, you know, in terms of time, in terms of you've got that limit, but at least you know where you stand in that regard. And, and I think from both sort of both ends, literally, you've got kind of, um, you've got the parent able to see the sort of, you know, the speed of the, the conversation and what has to happen. So I think it brings some precision to it. I think, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what other people think of it. I, um, I think we've got guests later, we'll talk about maybe their parents' evenings in that regard and seeing whether they prefer the new remote or the online. Um, but yeah, I think I think from a parent perspective, and, and, and I know I can look at it from my own self on the other side, um, I thought it's been really helpful because you know I've not always necessarily been able to make parents' evenings. I've been at school, um, but yeah, you can log on from wherever. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, we've had what three parents' evenings now. Definitely yeah. got better yeah. at managing that time. Yeah. Well, I would say is five minutes is always is, has felt really short, but it's always been five minutes. Yeah. It's just when you're in person, you always run over. Yeah. And then no one sticks to time, and no one sticks to order. Yeah. Actually. And it's, it's kind of brought all those things back into it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely kind of, as I say, brings a bit of streamline to it. And um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think the particular program that we use allows, uh, I think parents probably be good to get in, in, uh, kind of more used to this. You can actually create uh, questions prior to it and actually post questions. And I think maybe we need to get on a kind of create a, a set of systems whereby some of those things are, so you can actually as a teacher be prepared to have those questions answered. So again, that streamlines it, uh, it brings the process. I mean, you know, arguably you kind of you, you you're stuck a little bit behind a computer screen so some of the sort of rhetoric makes it a little bit more difficult in terms of sort of tone um especially if you're having more difficult or challenging conversations that perhaps you do want to go into more detail but i think the vast majority of the profession would probably agree that it's a, a better system mm. you'd hope if you had to have some challenging conversations that they'd 
you'd actually already made contact prior. Yeah. And therefore it could be concise. You're not having to build context. Yeah. The parents were already aware. Yeah. I think accessibility as well, when you think about actually, you know, people being sometimes either at work and things and being not able to get in. I, I, I would have thought hopefully that parent engagement within a parent's evening hopefully is maybe better. It might make it more easy for those people that do worry about having that kind of confrontation with the member of staff, not confrontation, but you know what I mean? Something to keep after? I think definitely. I think I think uh, staff well-being. I think I think most parents probably would agree. It's probably a better system. Um, you I could probably offer a, a kind of hybrid system if you ever needed yeah. to. If you want to be in person, yeah, we're here. Otherwise, we're sat at desks. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's kind of uh, certainly one of those things that I definitely think will probably take be taken forward. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'd like to welcome Jess to uh, Little Insights. Uh, Jess is uh, a teacher and also a staff governor. Um, and uh, we're going to quick uh, start with a few quick fire questions, if you don't mind. Nice to see you, Jess. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks for welcoming me. Uh, that's all right. So from a teacher perspective, what's, uh, what's better, parents' evening or open evening? Uh, parents' evening, at the minute we've just moved to a virtual parents' evening, five minutes a time, uh, no one running over, no more queuing, so yeah, I'm loving that. Yeah, I think I think I agree on that, that's absolutely the case. <laughs> Would you rather have dinner with the head teacher or an NQT? Um, I think I'd rather... <laughs> Uh, I think I'd rather have dinner with NQT. Um, I do see my head quite a lot and I don't really get to see the NQTs that often at school. Um, and they've often got a fresh pair of eyes on stuff that um, doesn't even occur to those of us colleagues who have been in school for centuries. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So a bit more of a, a topical one. Uh, being in the classroom or remote learning? Uh, being in the classroom. I mean, obviously, I don't want to be in a classroom squidged in with lots of people who might have COVID with no windows to open. But as a rule, definitely want to be in the classroom. Um, I think we all came into teaching to be like face to face with kids. I didn't sign up for a desk job. Um, and yeah, so can't wait to get back into school, to be honest. Real thanks. Um, have you ever written with a big crystal? Uh, so um, I was curious about the big crystal question um, and the answer to that is no I have an aversion to pick crystals oh. many many moons ago my sister chewed the end of one they become nice and sharp and crunchy she left it down the back of the sofa and I sat on the sofa and one pierced through my hand oh my um, <laughs> so I've always preferred a nice like soft felt tip or brightly coloured highlighter so well, no, I'm I'm out for big crystal. Right, God, I've never had anyone sort of uh, respond in that way. <laughs> no. oh, blimey, I was, we, we normally anyone that hasn't, we normally send them one. So I don't know if that's that, that's maybe. Don't send me one. You don't Keep want your one. Big crystal. Okay. I just slightly leave one next. Yeah. Time. yeah. <laughs> well, sorry to bring up that uh, sort of old bit of the past. It's okay. It's a funny story rather than um, yeah. one that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so finally, our last quick fire question: What would you prefer to mark thirty books or take a, an irate phone call from a parent? I rate phone call from a parent. Um, I'm a head of house. I do lots of pastoral work. And I actually don't have that many irate phone calls to deal with, to be honest. Um, but I love phoning people and I love chatting to parents on the phone, even if it's like a cross phone call. So I pretty much will do anything 
bar mark my books. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very, it's very subconscious. It's not a conscious thing not to mark, but I will have a pile of marking to do, and I will just somehow find myself cleaning my bathroom or even scrubbing a loo, which I absolutely loathe. <laughs> but it just goes to show you um, that I will literally do anything rather than mark. Oh, brilliant! I have the exact same excuses. Actually, <laughs> is oh, I can't do this because this room isn't clean. I just like just anything to. Avoid. exactly and i i have i actually have a cleaner so i don't even know like what goes on there there's some deep psychology that i'm sure someone would analyze <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be really interested to survey teachers have actually who actually does like mark and if there's anyone that actually enjoys the process but i doubt there'll be many out there but uh anyway yeah okay jess brilliant well, thanks for that um so really just i guess it, the whole, as the name of the program suggests little insights just getting a sense of your views on, on things and uh, on topics and on bits and pieces so um from your perspective uh because I, I know we've we've chatted before about um some of the early research that you sort of gave gave me with regards to remote learning um how have you found the found the process how have you found it from your perspective yeah remote learning has been uh you know a little bit of a journey all of us um got thrown into it and we've all had to sort of pick it up on the hoof really um i think for me remote learning just finding that balance between doing live lessons live elements um and then also have it setting independent tasks i think lots of teachers struggle with a bit of guilt about feeling that they've got to be live in order to be doing right by their kids and their students um and i think actually that's not the case like finding that little balance between independent tasks group tasks live not live is really important not just for our kids but also maintaining our own sort of balance of work and being able to sort of plan mark feedback um in the time we've we've got yeah. um and you know our own resources in terms of headspace and time in the day is limited you know lots of staff are juggling home life as well as teaching um so for me it's been a real eye-opener to just sort of try and see what remote teaching looks like for me um, and I teach two practical subjects, which I know you do too, Ben, yeah. um, but teaching DT and also I'm a food and nutrition teacher, like adapting to that has been, yeah. it's been wicked. It's been fun. Like yesterday I taught three practical lessons from my very tiny kitchen with a tripod um, and a phone covered in splotches of sauce and a dog <laughs> sat by my feet waiting for me to basically drop any oh, little boy. crumbs. Um, so it's been great fun and sort of trying to obviously encourage our kids to get their screen free time and still keep up their practical activities at home. Um, that's been that's been a bit of a challenge, but I, I'm just loving seeing like little pictures of the kids and if they take their phone to the kitchen and show me what they're cooking or mum's pops, popped up in the background getting whipping up their ingredients. So, yeah, it's been good. What's the reaction been to having those live lessons from the kids? Have they really embraced it, enjoyed it, or is it a, a case of, sorry, miss, I haven't got the ingredients today? Bit of everything, actually. Um, I mean, at first, back in March, I was really nervous about asking parents and kids. I felt even guilty asking them to get the ingredients. Um, didn't want them to like make unnecessary trips to shops or have to go out. Um, but actually, like the feedback I've had from parents is that most of them have the things we cook, like the ingredients are available from a local corner shop if they really they didn't want to go to do a big supermarket shop. 
Um, and for the most part, like I teach mainly boys and they're loving it. Like we butchered um, whole chickens and I show them how to like dissect a whole chicken the other week um, on the proviso that they had a parent in the background. So I didn't fancy anyone chopping off a finger <laughs> up in A&E. Yeah, um, and then we've been making chicken dishes for the last couple of weeks using that chicken and they did a Thai curry this week. So, yeah, it's been positive. Awesome. Spring, springs to mind. Did you ever watch that Blue Peter with Yvette Fielding and the, the pancake? No, I mean, no, I, enlighten I, me. I have to send you the YouTube. Oh, it's the funniest clip. But she, she's obviously got no sort of experience of cooking at all. And this pancake goes horrendously wrong. And bit by bit, <laughs> she tries to salvage this thing. And it's just, it's unsalvageable. But she carries on going and obviously being Blue Peter and live TV. You know, <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a car crash, really. But anyway, um, I was going to... Yeah, go on, carry on. No, sorry, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. I was just going to sort of talk more about your sort of um, perspective on, on sort of, uh, I guess, your motivation behind being a governor and, and the idea of being a governor in a different school and that, uh, what that brings, whether it brings challenges, whether it brings kind of, um, a kind of, I guess, a different slant on things. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, the positives of being a governor far outweigh any sort of challenges or like cons, if you like. Yeah. Um, I love, like, I, I'm a real people person. I thrive off working with people and belonging uh, and being part of a team. Um, and so the opportunity to work, one, within my local community, but two, to be part of a, an amazing organisation and to work with new colleagues, new faces um, for the better for a greater good I just think that's it's wonderful um, I loved being a governor because I've had opportunities to get involved in projects to consult to, to discuss aspects of school life of running a school all that behind the scenes stuff that as a teacher in my own school I wouldn't ordinarily get the opportunity to be part of um, so I think everyone wins. Like obviously, schools need a good governing body and governing council to to support them. But equally, us as governors get something out of it too. Um, so yeah, occasionally it's tricky if I'm snowed under with my own schoolwork. Have to be really disciplined just to make sure that I set aside plenty of time to make sure I'm fully prepared for my sort of governance. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled to to be part of the governing body at Heathcote. And, and, and just and just with regards to that, have you um, have you found like with with your own school, have they been supportive of it? Is it kind of was it an easy process to get involved in? I'm just thinking if there's anybody out there who wanted to become a governor, is it something that you would would even recommend? Yeah, I have been actually recommending it, and I've got a couple of colleagues since I started have also become governors at other local primary schools, actually, mainly. Um, I found the process to be fairly straightforward, although I was just really vocal about the fact that I wanted to become a governor and just chatted to local people, right. and before I knew it, my dog walker knows our chair of governors mike and put me in touch with him so that's how i came to find out that you had a vacancy um so i think just talking to people chatting to colleagues and um, find out about different experiences you want to make sure you get the school that's right for you um so for me it was really important to be part of a school that's quite local um one because i want to obviously contribute to my own local community but two that it's easy for me to get to yeah. Um, especially if I would be working a long day at my own school, I'd need time to travel and make meetings and be available as a governor. So, yeah. Brilliant. 
that's great. Okay, well, thanks ever so much for your little insights on those uh, those areas. Um, I think, especially with regards to the remote learning and the governor, that's um, a really interesting perspective from from you. So, thank you ever so much for joining us today, Jess. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And and, and take care. Yeah, and the same to you. All right. Cheers, bye. Jess. Bye. <laughs> And as always, we finish this episode off of our takeaway section. Um, I think the first takeaway from this episode has been that um, cons consider being a governor. Um, I know um, Jess, our guest, spoke very highly of it and how it's changed her perspective. And I can speak from my own experience as a governor at a primary school. Um, it does kind of broaden the horizons and how you see how schools function. And it, it really can be quite beneficial. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd echo that because a lot of news at the moment about how as a community, we can support the kind of the catch-up program that's going to have to take place after COVID, and actually being involved in the community, I think, is a big part of that. So, absolutely. Um, I think the other takeaway for me would be from Jess, our guest today, was that um, quite poignant that she sort of said about people feeling guilty about that kind of live versus non-live situation and the synchronous and the asynchronous. I know we've talked about that in the past, but I think actually the fact that you know we're saying don't be afraid of always having to be live. Um, I think it's really, really important. And I think having that balance, I think I think we're all NQTs at the moment, aren't we, in that regard? And it's kind of like a whole school of NQTs. So actually having a, a lack of fear is a, a positive.